This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Another crazy night of following Ipswich Town. This is Blue Monday. So much to talk about. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. My name is Mikey Penty-Smith and this is a live match reaction show immediately looking back on an absolutely bonkers game between Ipswich Town and Rotherham. It ended 4-3, Seb. It was, it was pretty boring for a lot of the game. It was really, really disjointed. It looked like we'd managed to throw away what looked like a certain victory and then at the end we we go and win it just absolutely mental wasn't it crazy i feel drained i feel physically tired emotionally tired i feel like that 90 minutes or 105 minutes whatever it was in the end has really taken out of me like you said in the green room just before we went live how can a match be so kind of boring and and almost dull and yet have seven goals with two after the 94th minute an absolutely crazy crazy evening the yeah, I bet everyone in the chat feels the same. Everyone leaving Portman Road will feel the same. Everyone after that game feels absolutely knackered. But three points, that's the most important thing at this stage of the season. The performances don't really matter at the moment. You just get the points on the board at the business end when you need it. And look at it, it's a great night. Southampton have lost. We've won. That's the They're the facts. The uh, the stuff we'll come on to and discuss maybe is a little bit more concerning. But the uh, yeah, the facts are it was a good evening for Ipswich Town. It was indeed, wasn't it? That's what um, Neil Johnson says. It's all about the result tonight. And um, yeah, I think arguably all about the results, isn't it? We, Very much I think so, yeah. A just, few, just, few just, of us had our fingers crossed that Hull could do something tonight, but fair play to them going there and taking a 2-0 lead at half time, and then just professionally getting the job done in the second half. Well, I got excited when Huddersfield obviously went there a couple of weeks ago. It was the day of the West Brom game and they went 2-0 up, didn't they? We know how that finished. So I purposely wasn't t- checking their score during the uh, during the second half, having been kind of, you know, scarred last time. But once I saw they pulled the goal back, I did I did kind of follow it on my phone. And yeah, great result. Thank you so much to Hull for helping us out there. And yeah, West, I hope that's the start of a, a bit of a run. Bouncing back at West Brom after the Bristol City game, I kind of thought, oh, they're going to go on another stupid 10-game crazy unbeaten run now. But hopefully that's a little kicker and a little bit of a wobble to come from them as well. Patrick Palmer says, worst performance of the season, very possibly most most frustrating by far, but so pivotal with Southampton losing. Do you, do you think there is an argument to be made that that was the worst performance of the season, Seb? We were, we were more disjointed on the ball than we were against Maidstone. We were, yeah. I mean, Preston in the first half wasn't wasn't great at all, was it, with the defensive errors? But that that second half was really, really poor from us. You know, the the first, we'll discuss the game in detail. But the first the first half, we kind of took control, and you kind of thought, right, we'll get get this job done in the second half. Maybe make a couple of subs, 50, 60 minutes in. But 
for whatever reason, be it the two tough away games, the travel, the lack of time on the pitch, the players looked absolutely out on their feet for the last 15, 20 minutes of the match. We've spoken so often about this side is incredibly fit. And, you know, the West Brom game, we saw their players on all fours and absolutely keeled over at 90 minutes, whereas ours were still going. But tonight, they just looked dead on the feet. I mean, it's been an exhausting run, hasn't it? It will be six games in two weeks. Is it five games in two weeks or something? It is an awful kind of this time of year in terms of the the scheduling but yeah as i said at the start look at the positives three points we move on one game to come with birmingham and then a solid kind of week's break before uh, uh before the plymouth game so yeah getting back on the training pitch relax a little bit and get saturday out of the way yeah as you said some some really tired legs out there and that was despite us making three changes seb this was the the starting eleven feels like a long time ago now that that though, well it was a long time ago wasn't it when this team news came out um, he made three changes possibly wanted to make more but uh, a few people wondered whether Harry Clark might get a rest he ended up going off didn't he um, he he got the nod but Travis brought in in midfield with Morsey Sarmiento came in and Burns back in from the start as well probably not a huge surprise to to see a few changes but no more than three Seb. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the the question marks would have been around Luongo, uh, Broadhead and possibly Burns coming back in. You know, Broadhead and Luongo don't tend to play three games on the bounce in a three-game week, do they? It's normally the middle one they're kind of dropped out for. But I guess with if you look at the fixtures on paper, Rotherham was the the easiest out of them all, especially being at Portman Road. It's a, you know, a side that hasn't won away from home. They've got four points on their travels so far this season. So it made sense to kind of make the changes for this game. Travis, I thought, was logical to come in and kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of still learning that. That role alongside Morsey. Sarmiento, I guess we all thought, didn't turn out that way. We all thought, having seen Rotherham for so many years, it would be physical, it would be a, a low block, and it's kind of the game where you might want a ball carrier who can produce a moment of magic like Sarmiento can. So I understood the logic of uh, uh, of that one. And Burns coming back in, Burns is very rarely a substitute at Portman Road, is he? You know, we, we've described him as big game Burns in the past. His, his pace and his ability to get in behind as proving that first half was absolutely crucial. So I think I think the changes were, were logical given the incredibly heavy pitch at Swansea at the weekend and the hectic schedule that we've had. Yeah, Alan Lee and James Scowcroft were in the um, Town TV studio alongside Matt Holland and there was a bit of a discussion about Burns maybe suiting these sort of matches quite well up against a, a back three and that that was as it turned out. But we'll get on to that. Let's, let's start with... Um, the first few minutes of the game, Seb. We've somehow found ourselves 1-0 down after two minutes and I guess that was the precursor to what was to follow for the rest of the evening, wasn't it? Just a little bit strange. It kind of set the tone, didn't it, for the kind of defensive mishaps that were about to come. Yeah, it's a long ball pumped forward. It feels like two hours, three hours ago now. I guess it probably nearly was. Long ball pumped forward from the Rotherham right back position. Eves kind of gets up and wins the flick on to find Klukas. And Klukas's first touch, I think that's what makes the kind of indecision. I think his first touch looks like it takes it away from Harry Clark. And Clark kind of goes and then stops himself from committing, which means Wolfenden thinks, right, he's going to get in behind Clark. I better cover across. And then Clark suddenly gets his body across the man, and suddenly you know, Kluka sticks out a sticks out a leg, and it falls to to Eves. It's a nice finish from Eves, isn't it? Into the into the side netting, but from our point of view, absolutely horrific defending. You know, we've we've spoken in the past about this habit we have of conceding early goals, and what can they do to stop it? And you simply can't legislate for something like that. There's nothing you can do to prepare yourselves for those kind of defensive mishaps from our right back and and our centre back. It was a a really poor goal to concede, and it kind of. Set the tone, didn't it, for what Rotherham were going to do in terms of a 
a high line, a high press. They were going to play it long to the physical, strong frontman to kind of win flick-ons and get get players in behind the lines. And it, it set the tone for the whole evening, I thought, you know, from Rotherham's game plan and our defensive woes, shall we say. Yeah, they they had a game plan and they executed it well and they just had so much energy tonight, didn't they? We've and what a surprising a, a... game... What, sorry, what a surprising game plan it was as well because we all saw the back three, assumed it would be a back five. Everyone's kind of looking at the, you know, where's the space going to be available in the middle of the park or, or down the flanks? And I think we were all shocked by the high line, the high press and the fact they didn't seem to tire. You know, normally, like we saw at mm. Birmingham away earlier in the season, sides can do it for 45 minutes or whatever and then they noticeably drop off. But... Rotherham were still going at 99 minutes, weren't they, of the, of the game? It was, yeah, crazy. Yeah, incredible. Liam Richardson definitely knows how to play against us, doesn't he? It was a good response from Ipswich, though. This is arguably our best period of the game at 1-0 down. Um, Davis puts a couple of crosses in onto Moore's head, one from a free kick and one from open play. Um, those headers um, don't hit the target, but were decent enough chances and it was on 10 minutes. We needed to to react quickly, didn't we? We couldn't stay behind for long. Um, but we managed to get that equaliser in the 10th minute. And it was Wes Burns, wasn't it? Yeah, like you said, reacting so quickly was crucial, wasn't it? Because the longer it stays, well, I thought a kickoff, the longer it stays at nil-nil against what I thought would be a low block, you know, the tougher the game can get. To go one-nil down so early, the manner of the goal being a really poor defensive mistake from us means, yeah, that if, if, if it stays like that, then people start to get frustrated. The crowd will start to get frustrated. So reacting as we did was was absolutely crucial. And it's good playing the build-up from Sarmiento. I didn't think he had the best night overall, kind of trying a little bit too hard on occasions to make things happen and kind of kept giving away silly fouls but he does well in the build-up to this one it's his ball that kind of flies out to the to the right-hand side to pick out Burns and then this was kind of the first that we saw of three or four occasions wasn't it where Burns kind of starts to get in starts to get in behind as he puts a cross in it's cleared out finds Morsey drives into the box on his left foot it's a lovely kind of clip ball to the back post Burns is then arriving heads it down and fires it past uh past Johansson the keeper and yeah really a really well worked goal lovely ball in by Morsey lovely r- driving run by by Morsey and we started to see that kind of joy we were having down our right their left where they had you know and really aging it was it was weird their lineup wasn't it it was a three at the back with Tihi kind of in a defensive midfield position but the three were spread so wide across the back line that they kind of didn't know whether to to kind of come more narrow or kind of funnel us out wide and they didn't get it right at all and it was a really crucial response to going behind so early. Just looked like it was chaos tonight wasn't it from Rotherham and at, at times it it really didn't work for them but at times we just we just couldn't find the usual space that we find. Um Burns very nearly has two in a minute. Um gets into that classic position down our right, hits a decent shot across the goalkeeper, goes narrowly wide, but it doesn't have to wait too much longer for us to find our second goal. Again, Burns is involved. Harry Clark making up that early error and just a lovely, a lovely move. This easily the best bit of football from us in the whole game. Yeah, definitely. That ball down the line from Clark is sublime, isn't it? Clark has the ball, plays it down the line for Burns. He kind of plays it inside Peltier, the fullback, and Burns has him on absolute toast, doesn't he? He just destroys him. I mean, the poor guy's 37. Wes Burns, as we know, can be rapid, and once he's gone, you ain't going to catch him. And that's what he does. He goes, and as he gets to the gets towards the byline, Kiefer Moore is running in. It's a lovely ball, played across. Moore arriving, kind of fires it home on the, on the run, and it was a lovely, lovely bit of play, yeah. Pleased for Clark to kind of, you know, redeem himself from the earlier 
mishap for the goal with a lovely ball down the line. And we just kept seeing time after time Burns getting in down that right-hand side, creating all kinds of trouble. And four goals in five games, is it now, for Kiefer Moore? What a signing he's proving to be. What a what a difference. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's no coincidence that we've started suddenly scoring goals from all over the park. Now we've got that kind of physical presence back up front. So delighted for him, but more excellent, excellent play from Burns. Yeah, and obviously Moore has been very successful since he's come in and he's scored goals and he's added something different to our attack. But this one was very much a, a real Ipswich Town at home move, wasn't it? And it was good to see him getting on the end of it. Not the type of goal that people are particularly expecting from Kiefer Moore, where we're counter-attacking and he's scoring with his feet. Um, but just shows that that time on the training ground, he's really beginning to suit us. Yeah, very much so. He's starting to get up with uh, speed with our patterns of play, isn't it? You know, you think of Kiefer Moore and you think of goals like his first one at Preston where he's strong and kind of bundles the the ball in at the far post in the air. But as you say, almost a classic Ipswich goal, you know, a lovely ball down the line, the wide player beating his man, getting to the byline, pulling the ball back for a, a rushing in either attacking midfielder or striker. And he was exactly where he, he needed to be. And yeah, as you say, it, it kind of explains the the patterns of play and what they work on in training. And it's, it's great to see he's really quickly got up to speed. I mean, even George Hurst last year took a few games, didn't he, before he got his first goal for us. I think it was a month or two, but Moore has hit the ground running and is proving to be an absolutely excellent addition. Yeah, he really has. And it's taken the pressure off off the players behind him as well. Um, we don't exactly kick on at 2-1. Um, Seb probably wasn't wasn't the worst period of the game. That's to come in the second half. But, but it's just a little bit... Just... Sloppy, isn't it, at times in possession? Very stop-start, which presumably Rotherham are are doing by design. Uh, Probably not helped by having that that annoying little gnome, Keith Stroud, in the black in the (laughs) middle. Um, But as we approach the half-hour mark, we cut them open down our right again. More good play. Not the prettiest goal in the world, but another nice goal for, for Wes Burns. It is, yeah. So he gets in behind again and he should square it really, shouldn't he, for Sarmiento? I guess, you know, when you're in that position and you've done the hard work to get there and you've got the the goal in your in your sights, you fair play, you can take the shot if you want to. But you kind of it's a good save by your hands is it your Hansen pushes it out. Uh it's Davis then who fires it back in. Another decent half save from from your Hansen again and Burns is there just to kind of stab it and prod the baller across the line, isn't he? I'm guess Sarmiento will be screaming at him thinking he should have squared it. I thought he should have squared it as well, but we get our just rewards. If, if if the follow-up shot from Davis is saved by Johansson, then yeah, Samiento has every right, I think, to really kick off because he made the great run and probably should have been picked out. But sometimes you need that little bit of luck. Burns is in the right place at the right time. And I guess it puts the the Wes Burns haircut curse to bed now, doesn't it? He's not been not really been a hundred percent at it since the uh, since the was it the Maidstone game where he unveiled the the new fresh trim. So great to see he was really back on form tonight and a, a, yeah, a, a huge player for us at times and deserved both goals. Yeah, very much so, and came close a couple of times to to getting a hat trick, didn't he? But before that, there was a long, long delay after Rathbone hit the advertisement boards. It was Sarmiento, wasn't it? Who went in quite strong. It was one of those he couldn't really couldn't really stop himself, and Rathbone has crashed into the advertisement boards. Um, that led to a concussion sub. Really hope that that he's doing okay um, and makes a good recovery. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, Burns came close to a hat-trick in the 40th minute, um, heading a beautiful Davis cross just wide. Davis Davis was getting forward really nicely in the first half, wasn't he, down that left touchline? It was a classic Leaf Davis home performance, wasn't it? 
it was, wasn't it? Yeah, saying so, so high and, and so wide. And I guess their formation again enabled us to do that because their back three was kind of spread really thin. And time after time, you could think to yourself, we especially saw it down our down our right hand side because of Burns's pace taking him past Peltier. Um, but yeah, but Davis stayed stayed high and wide, high and wide as well. And at that point, I thought, you know, we'll probably go and see this out four or five one coming into the second half, and we'll make changes and we'll use a bit of in game management and see the game out, and it'll be a professional performance and a, and a good evening. Little did we know what was to come in the second forty five. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it might be worth. Metal, it like... might just be worth jumping in quickly. There's some stuff in the chat about the reason we were allowed to make six subs tonight is because of that concussion substitute you just mentioned. So people in the chat are saying, how come we could make six subs if the opposition choose to make a concussion substitute, which they did for Rathbone hitting the advertising board? We are allowed to make an additional one, which explains why we made uh, why we made six. Yeah, uh, and it made a difference in the end, didn't it? Um, <laughs> at both ends of the pitch. Um, as it turned out, um, the first change we made was at half time. Nathan Broadhead came on for Jeremy Sarmiento. It was a frustrating night for him, wasn't it? More, probably more than anyone in that first half. He he committed a few fouls. He just was struggling to get by his man and just found himself surrounded. Just got smothered a little bit, didn't he? Yeah, I think he was just caught trying too hard for most of the half, wasn't he? Like I say, he played, did well for the build up to the first but the equalising goal was him that found Burns on the right-hand side. So he does well there, but most of the half, he was just trying things that weren't really coming off, had the issue where he put the poor lad into the into the hoardings, kept giving away silly free kicks. I thought he was quite fortunate not to get booked right towards the end of the half. And for whatever reason, yeah, McKenna's chosen to bring on Broadhead at halftime. He must not have been that impressed with with what he was seeing. And with Broadhead being in the form he's been in the last kind of 10 days or so, um, another reason why I fully expected us to go on and get a couple of extra goals. Yeah, but as it turned out, a really, really bitty start to the second half, wasn't it? But we're in no real danger at any point until a high looping cross into the box and Hladke decides to come flying out for it and ends up dropping a bit of a bollock. He's nowhere near it, is he? It's a high ball into the box from Klukas and he's he's come out so high and he's, he's he misses the punch by an absolute mile. It's not even like he's close to it. The ball obviously hits Burgess, falls to their player. Was it Odder Finn? I think it was the right back, wasn't it? Who fired the ball, fired the ball home, and yeah, again the second goal that we pretty much gifted to them. Another another real real cluster. F, should we say it was a? Uh, I don't know why Hlacky felt he had to kind of come out that far. He's never, never the most confident in the air, doesn't he? It's, it's rare he'll come and claim a ball. He, he elects to punch, um, and yeah, more poor defending on our on our half that kind of reinvigorated Rotherham a little bit at that point. I thought because you know the game was it was scrappy in the second half, as you said, it was it was stop start. It was a, a really poor game. We could not string two passes together we kind of dropped deeper and deeper as the half went on and to give them that boost relatively early in the second half I thought was pretty poor by us it certainly was uh there was a nice link up with Chaplin and Burns on 67 uh Burns again trying to get in behind to to get that hat-trick goal but the Johansson in the Rotherham goal makes a good save that was kind of as good as it got for us for for large parts of the the second half. Luongo and Hutchinson then come on for Chaplin and Travis and you hope that that makes the difference. Travis has started to look tired. Chaplin has struggled to get into the game and you're hoping that with Luongo on the pitch it's it's all going to change in midfield but it doesn't really does it. We we're, we're still struggling to to make the ball stick high up the pitch. Moore's looking tired. He obviously he took a knock as well in the first half to his knee and he never really looked quite looked the same 
after that didn't didn't look to have bags of energy in the first half and just all over the pitch just really sloppy sloppy passing and it didn't really help when Luongo came on surprisingly though um Rotherham sort of hit the post in the 80th minute from Keo. So I'm not sure if it did it definitely hit the post or did it hit the stanchion was, behind the goal? Yeah, there was some debate, I think, on the commentary on Town TV that it might have hit the stanchion. I thought it hit the post in real time. Um, he was a bit of a thug, wasn't he? He was just, when he went in for Burns, when he flew into it, made no effort to play the ball. And yeah, he seemed to be just intent on putting himself about, which I guess we've seen in the past from, from Rotherham sides. But yeah, that one, I thought it hit the post if it did. Obviously, that, that should have been the wake-up call to us, shouldn't it? You know, at that point, the the yeah. crowd starts to, to lift a little bit and you think, right, we've got the experienced players like Luongo on. That surely is the moment we wake up. The likes of Morsey and stuff will drag us across the line here. But we we still kept on dropping deep, tiring, making unforced mm. errors, sloppy we kept, passing. We kept just lumping it long as well, didn't we, towards Moore? But Moore didn't have the the legs anymore to to get close, close enough to the ball, did he? It was sort of aimless punts forward a lot of the time and even if he did get to the ball there was nobody around him he then uh comes off Al Hamadi uh comes on for the last well 10 minutes plus stoppage time it ended up being about 20 minutes didn't it and then Caden Jackson eventually comes on for Burns no hat trick but a really good night for Wes Burns but yeah we're we're hanging on um as we approach 90 minutes really sloppy play from Tuanzebi Kladke makes a makes a save from from Nombay from a tight angle, was never really going to score from there. But then in the 93rd minute, Seb, I think I just said, oh no, oh no. I think I said similar, but with slightly more profanity involved. Yeah, I mean, when the ball went up for eight minutes, it's the kind of game where you just don't want anything near that level. You want three to four minutes, but given there's been, you know, six subs by each side at that point, what, five goals, it was always inevitable, I guess, to have a bit of a bit of lengthy added time on. And and yeah, Caden Jackson, I've owned the caveat I will say to this to the chat, I've only seen this one kind of half replay on town TV. I thought in real time it did look like a penalty. I've seen stuff in the chat from people saying that you know the uh, McKenna was very animated at full time so if I've got that wrong completely hold my hands up I haven't seen a decent replay of it it looked to me like Jackson kind of kicked through and caught the man Stroud as usual kind of making it about me and is very dramatic the way he points to the points to the spot and at that point you're thinking what have how how has this happened what what have we done here to to you know to to really mess this up so so badly Cafu puts the ball yeah. down then calm got, as you yeah, like just to make it just to make the evening even more ridiculous a man called Cafu who's come yeah. off the bench steps up and does a penenka a yeah, perfect penenka down the middle of the goal yeah of course when you're you know 94th minute whatever it was when you you've only taken four points on the road all season of course you do a penenka why wouldn't you and then we're thinking well this is probably deserved based on our second half performance because we've been absolutely woeful um, and then this team this side this squad they never know when they're beaten and they manage to produce one last moment of magic don't they <laughs> they do yeah but before that the fans are really getting frustrated aren't they because all of a sudden it's like well come on there we've we've got to get forward but we still can't string a bloody pass together can we but and then, it, seemed, it, it seemed the communication was off throughout the pitch there was one long ball forward wasn't yeah. there i think was it hutchinson and uh al hamadi went for it and they kind of both stopped and yeah that was kind of a symbol of how poor and how disjointed we were in the entire second half and that obviously feeds into the crowd who, you know, we've had the let off where they hit the post. Okay, they've equalised, still five minutes to go. And we're still making these basic kind of silly errors. But yeah, Ali Alhamadi manages to nudge the ball in the direction of Amari Hutchison. And then his eyes light up, don't they? And he's exactly the man that you want in that position. He jinks inside onto his left foot and just 
an absolutely superb finish. Such precision, just such a calm head when everyone else around him is losing theirs. <laughs> a really big moment for Amari Hutchinson and we hope a really big moment in our season as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a long ball into the channels, isn't it? Al Hamadi does really well to kind of win it and finds Jackson. Jackson, I thought, was quite good. He looked up straight away. I guess the temptation at that point with, what, three or four minutes to go is probably just fire it in across the box and and see what can happen. But he kind of looks up, finds uh, Hutchinson in a bit of space, very similar to the West Brom goal, the equaliser, wasn't it, a few weeks ago? Same kind of position. Gets it onto his left. You think he's going to curl it into the far corner and just drills it, doesn't he, past the keeper? And, yeah, we all go crazy. I jumped off off my sofa. We all go absolutely mental because we've somehow managed to pull this out of the bag despite being really woeful for the second 45 and only two or three minutes earlier conceding a penalty to make it 3-3. And yeah, like you say, it could be an absolutely huge point. We might be sat here in May looking back and thinking, right, well, do you remember that Amari Hutchinson 96th minute winner on the night? Southampton lost. That proved fairly crucial, didn't it? So as I said at the start, the facts are we've won tonight. Southampton have lost tonight. We're up to third. We're a point clear of Southampton. We're level on points with Leeds. It's been a great night for us. The bit between minute one and minute 99 maybe were pretty, pretty poor. But the important thing is three points on the board for us and nothing for them. Absolutely. Let's um, let's get up those results, shall we? I'll clip these up. Before, before the Ipswich game had actually finished, Seb, I, was, I thought that might help end the game somehow. <laughs> Uh, Cardiff 0-0 draw with Blackburn. West Brom, impressive win for them against this weekend's opponents, Plymouth Argyle. I believe you're heading down there, aren't you, Seb, on Saturday? Yes, yeah, week on Saturday. I've never done it and I kind of, I stupidly promised Rich, I think we were going to do it last season and they moved it, didn't they, to the, was it a Sunday midday kickoff in the end, I think? So we couldn't make it work, but we've looked at it and we, yeah, it's going to be one I hope to file under the bin there and never have to return because it is ridiculously (laughs) far away. But yes, that big one at the bottom, um, Southampton, well, one, Hull City, two, fantastic result. Couldn't even get my words out there. I'm that pleased about it. Um, They've been in good form, haven't they, Hull, recently, but I still didn't really think they would. I thought maybe at best they might get themselves a point because Southampton were pretty professional in the game on Friday night against West Brom of the Hawthorns. That's a ridiculously difficult place to go. And I thought they did really well to bounce back after the Bristol City game. So like I said at the start, I was kind of worried that was going to be the start of them going on another run. So yeah, fair play to to Hull for for helping us out there tonight. And that's why we sit here and it's been a great night. If you bring up the, if you've got the league table, bring up the league table. It's been an absolutely excellent night for us isn't it it has yeah so we're now back within nine points of leaders Leicester City Uh, we're level on points with Leeds I can't see us catching them in terms of goal difference Seb but hopefully we can overhaul them one way or another but the main thing is we're now two points ahead of Southampton and I don't think a lot of people saw that coming a couple of weeks ago when they were writing us off Yeah, no, all the pundits, everybody was saying that Southampton and Leeds would pull away now and, you know, we'd probably peak too soon. But the January editions have been been superb. We've started to find a bit of form again. I mean, we've only lost, look at the table, we've only lost four games all season. We've lost the fewest games in the league. We've had a few draws over the Christmas period, which I guess is why we've kind kind of slipped away a little bit. But, you know, to be with 13 games to go on 69 points from 33 played is absolutely insane, you know. And we've got Birmingham to come at home on Saturday, then we get a bit of a week's breather, um, and and yeah, we fully for the, the the entire squad. You can never ever write this squad off. Joe and the guys on the on the on the 
post on the flagship show on Saturday said their overwhelming emotion was pride in this team, given what we've done so far this season. And I thought they summed it up brilliantly. You know, the 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 like but Barnaby says there, yeah, the mental strength and not that it slipped was absolutely incredible. You know, this side never knows when it's beaten and we're not going anywhere in the promotion race. Yeah, and Horse Hollerer points out we've also scored more goals than free scoring Leeds and Southampton. Pretty incredible, really, isn't it? Yeah, and like I say, we know this side is is full of goals, and and yeah, we, we've always got a chance. Even when you're three three, been playing awful with two minutes of added time to go, there is always a chance. And as we proved tonight, we can sometimes pull it out of the bag. Excellent stuff. Just a a word of warning, guys. We might be joined by Rich Woodward at some point in the next ten or fifteen minutes. He's currently sprinting. <laughs> where, where where is he sprinting? Is it up Spring Road or something like that? Yeah, that'll be that'll be his route. Lovely. He he's going to be sprinting down to Felixstowe tomorrow night for the for the women's game if the weather allows. Seb, they're playing hashtag United um, tomorrow night, and obviously we had the exciting news this week as well that Ipswich women's are having their first ever match at Portman Road. That's on Saturday, the 23rd of March. It'd be great for as many people to get down there as possible for that one. It's going to be a real spectacle and there's going to be information about tickets coming up very soon. Um, you can support us and support the town when when you're abroad or if you just need a VPN using NordVPN. The link is in our description and you can support us in the process of the 30-day money-back guarantee and the links for everything are on our website as usual, which is bluemondayitfc.co.uk. We're also going to be back with the Birmingham pre-match show. That's on Thursday night, live at 8pm. Seb, are you, are you going to be there to take on Rich in the predictions? Well, don't tune in just for that. It's a rubbish feature which should have been binned off months ago. Tune in for hopefully a bit of insight into, into what's come on Saturday. Yeah, normal pre-match, 8pm on, uh, on Thursday evening, me and Rich. Excellent. And there'll be the usual flagship show on Sunday night at 8pm, reflecting on what's hopefully going to be a completely different type of game, Seb, but a a similar outcome. We'd we'd take that, wouldn't we? Very much so. Hopefully a more kind of sedate 2-0 dull victory that kind of keeps our our hearts all below a certain BPM after tonight. I think we all need it a little bit to recover because, yeah, we're all emotionally broken. The side looked physically and emotionally broken at points in the second half. Um, So a nice, calm, collected, kind of comfortable victory will do me just fine on Saturday. Excellent. And now I've got through the plugs. Just one last thing. If you're watching this live on YouTube, please give us a like. It really helps us reach a bigger audience and that just makes it all more interesting and if possible if you can um, get your questions in in the chat as well if you can put a cue at the start and a question mark at the end that would be really helpful and i've just realized we've had a super chat seb from chris horn tonight four pounds 99 please take my money my heart can't cope thank you very much chris that's incredibly kind of you um but yeah, so Rodney Davis says, big reaction from the bench when the winner went in. They were not happy about something. The penalty, I think it might have been overall frustration about the way the night had gone, Seb. And then yeah, there was I think a few was... sort of iffy decisions towards towards the end, the main one being the penalty. Yeah, I think it's a combination of kind of the the general kind of emotional release, uh, how poor we've been in that second half and kind of the relief, I guess, combined with what would appear to be a dodgy officiating decision. Like I said, I've not seen a replay. I thought it was in real time, but it would suggest from the chat and from McKenna's apparently post-match interview that it, it was pretty blatant that it wasn't a penalty. So Keith Stroud doing Keith Stroud things, thankfully, um, didn't curse us this, this time. But yeah, I, I just think it's because 
that kind of second half was would have worn McKenna and the bench down so much. To see that goal go in is just a, a real relief. Oh, yes. Richard Howenstein, I use my NordVPN to protect me online and for no other reason at all. Thank you very much, Richard Howenstein, for your for your honesty, your plug, and for the the $9.99 super sticker that you've sent us. That's really appreciated as well. That's fantastic. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you. And are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match program each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Question here from Tito. How was some... How has Hamadi played? Again, he he made a different serve. It, things didn't really come off for him. He had one little step over where he lost control of the ball, but it was him that made things happen for the for the winning goal, wasn't it? Yeah, involved in the winning goal in the channel. He kind of bought what he always brings, energy and led the line. I think at that point, the trouble was the whole team was so tired, so deep and so disjointed. You know, he kind of struggled to get to get involved. I think we've seen some great cameos from him in the in the few kind of appearances he's he's made. Got off the mark last week away at Millwall, didn't he? And just, I guess you're hoping that when Moore has battered the centre-halves and run himself into the ground, you've now got this extra physical pacey option you can bring off the bench to kind of see out the clock and and just to run and bully tired defenders so not really a night he was like you see he was involved in the in the winning goal with the with the ball down the channel that comes in, into Jackson in the box um but not really a night you can kind of judge him because the whole team when he when he kind of got on the pitch was was so out of it and so disjointed I thought yeah and just rereading that question he was saying how was Hamadi played I think that you've you've explained how he played and also how he was played tonight brilliantly there Seb um, Ruzio Reyes says his dad luckily avoided a heart attack by missing the game and having a successful kidney transplant instead the part-time fan brilliant Maurizio send your best wishes to your to your dad although um, I'm I'm not sure if he's like your brother and doesn't listen to us but we appreciate you Mauricio. we're now joined um, by a man that don't know don't know what he's about to say but Rich Woodward was there tonight it was pretty hard watching in, on the sofa in front of the telly let's find out what it was like in the lower Sir Bobby Robson stand I, I, I might swear guys um so I'll get that out of the way um 
we were dog shit tonight, weren't we, frankly? <laughs> uh, let's call it what it is. But two things can be true. This is this is the podcast of multiple things being true at the same time. Uh, we can be dog shit against the worst team in the league who, frankly, were brilliant, weren't they? L- game plan, spot on, totally knew our weaknesses, exploited them and nearly got a, a, probably a well-deserved point, if we're honest. But massive victory, massive character. Amari Hutchinson, huge praise for him dragging us across the line. He single-handedly, with a little bit of help from Ali Al-Hamadi maybe, won us that three points because uh, second half, we didn't look in it at all. Really bad. Uh, I've I've got a history of coming on here and bad-mouthing our supporters. I, I think we didn't help the situation tonight. There's a lot of mitigating circumstances, guys. I think the referee has not helped us out at all. There's a, there's at least a red card for Rotherham. You know, Kioso should have walked. He's he's gone searching for, for Leaf for the Davis Burns challenge, and he's gone looking for Wes Burns. He should have had two yellows for both of those challenges. It was dangerous at times, you know. And and you know the Ollie Rathbone situation really uh, unfortunate. One of those kind of comings together, and you can kind of see it happening in slow motion. And there's not a huge amount Sarmiento can do. But that kind of mentality was in the game. It was nasty at times. I thought Rotherham overstepped it. If I'm honest, they have to, of course. They've got to find a way to level the playing field. They can't play us at football. And the, I, I think probably, Mikey, the, the, the thing for me is I'm just sad that we we kind of were dragged down to their level and, and we stopped playing. And the crowd made Wolfenden and Halag Kiedji. And so the ball went long and the ball kept coming back. And and sometimes we've... It, we're, we're really great as a supporter base, but sometimes we could do better. And I think this situation tonight is that we just needed to slow the game down, build some confidence and play our normal game. And we just kind of succumbed to the occasion, the kind of the craziness of the whole thing. And yeah, Keith Stroud hasn't helped that. Um, but I think we've kind of been a little bit complicit in giving Rotherham, you know, uh, probably the performance of their season and probably the worst of ours. But look, I, I've got to be positive. We've massive win tonight, massive win, you know, and Southampton dropping points massive as well. So I've told my dad walking down tonight will be like Port Vale last season. And I don't like being right. Sometimes I am. And kind of tonight is kind of proven to be the case. We've needed, we've got out of jail, but who gives a crap if that's the three points or the extra two points that gets us across the line in May. But blimey guys, blimey. God, never boring at Portman Road, is it? eh? Well, you say that it was actually quite boring for large parts of the second half though, wasn't it rich somehow? Yeah, true. I mean, it was boring watching us. Um, I, I, yeah, you kind of felt, I mean, Kev in our Telegram group has has definitely triggered me by, he's saying this has got three all written all over it. And you kind of think, if I'm a neutral, fair play to Rotherham, right? I mean, they attacked us. They're Eves and Hugel, absolute lumps up front, um, Burgess and Wolfenden didn't have a clue how to deal with them. You know, the physicality is unparalleled. It, it was a League One game tonight, wasn't it? It felt like yeah. a Cheltenham, a Lincoln, you know, those kind of games that we've had in the past. So, again, to come out of it. But you're right, Mikey. We we sat back. We kind of, we stopped playing football. I, I, I Maybe the rotation hasn't helped. I don't think the broadhead substitution at halftime helped us. I'm not sure what McKenna saw with Sarmiento. Maybe there's some 
circumstance there that we're not aware of but it didn't feel like a game for broadhead for me it felt kind of felt like i can understand why he brought on to anzabi because we needed to kind of fight fire with fight fire with fire as it were at some point but i just kind of felt like if we'd actually kept playing like we did from 2-1 3-1 for the rest of the game we'd probably been okay but we yeah we they made it a dogfight and we kind of let them yeah unfortunately a lot a lot of these questions are things that you're probably going to cover in the in the pre-match show on Thursday night but it would be good to get your initial reactions to to some of these questions sure Seb um skip intro says do you think Wolfie needs a rest he keeps making lapses of judgment and lacks aggression at key moments he uh, Wolfen didn't have a good a decent game at the weekend didn't he but he obviously had that dodgy moment against West Brom and a couple of dodgy moments tonight do you think there might be something in that giving him taking him out again just for a just for a game but that's what you get from him that that is Luke Wolfenden isn't it you know we had we had Luke Chambers come to our live show back in November and he said he was ridiculously laid back and sometimes he needs that little bit of a of, of a rocket he's probably one of the most crucial players to how we play out from the back isn't he I guess the logical replacement would be Edmondson with Burgess kind of sticking on the on the left which would maybe improve your physicality but I'm not sure you'd get the same level of kind of passing ability out from the back and being willing to take the ball in those kind of close close quarters he is prone to an error every now and again I mean, I mean, like, uh, not like, sorry, uh, Clark doesn't cover himself with glory for the first goal either. So I think it's harsh to fully blame blame Wolfenden. Um, I wouldn't take him out because I think he's, he's fairly crucial to the way that we play. Um, I think he just sometimes needs that absolute rocket up the arse, which McKenna will probably give him after tonight. You know, McKenna, although we, we don't see that, that side of him in public, I've got no doubts he can probably, if he needs to, kind of have the, I'd imagine more the, the strict headmaster. You know, I'm not angry with you. I'm just a little bit disappointed if he kind of needs to. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if that comes out. But for me, no, I, I wouldn't look to take him out personally. Have you ever said that at work, Seb? I can imagine you saying that. No, I just shout. I just shout at people because I'm horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you teacups on the wall. Yeah, okay. Yeah, lovely. M- Matt Phillips is um is being quite positive tonight. With three games in six days, tonight was always going to be tricky. But surely this match will sharpen our focus against any complacency on Saturday. There just simply can't be any complacency on Saturday, Rich. After that, can there? No, well, Birmingham are a better team, aren't they? You know, yeah. against sad circumstances around Tony Mowbray there as well. Um, but yeah, Matt makes two really fantastic points. You know, again, mitigating circumstances that I alluded to when I came in. That Swansea away performance, big win again there. But that pitch took it out of the players, you know, that and then travel as well. Um, and, you know, I know we've kind of purposefully chose to move the game to this Tuesday, but you kind of wonder that, oh, whether we should have, should have thought about something else. But yeah, I think maybe this has come at just the right time to give us that nudge, you know, that complacency. And again, the fan base, we need a little bit of a nudge as well. We need to remember that, you know, it's not always going to be happy, sunshines and rainbows. We've been so spoiled, haven't we? Even when we were winning, there was anxiety around the passing out from the back. And actually, it was working, but the fans got on the players' back and they stopped doing it. So, yeah, I think everyone just maybe needs to take stock after tonight. Enjoy the win, certainly, but learn from it. And let's make sure it doesn't happen again. That kind of performance. Here's one again on the the fans, Rich. I think I might know whose side you're going to be on here. But Henry was at the game tonight and... He asks, what did you make of Wolfie giving it to the crowd after the goal? Understand it's probably frustrating here in the groans, but probably not the best approach. 
Yeah, I, I think if that's the Henry that I think it is, um, thank you, Henry, for um, partnering with us. I think Henry's involved at the Ipswich Witches as well, so do head down there in March. Season starts there, and uh, you'll find Dave and I down at Fox or most most weeks. Um, there's a, there's a situation about Wolfenden and social media at the moment, which is stewing, which I don't like, and I think someone at the club needs to have a word. and And I think sadly, Wolfie needs to be the professional footballer here and just water off a duck's back kind of thing. But I think him Haladki tonight were unfairly getting kind of you know nervous shouts nervous energy from the crowd and I don't think that helps them um they are definitely confidence players um but if imagine I think I've used the analogy before you know if, if you're at work and doing something kind of tense and and difficult and someone comes behind you and goes whoa, whoa, you know and you're not going to be at your best are you so I think there's to quote our learned colleague Dave Diamond the situation's a bit of both. It's a bit of the fans, it's a bit of Wolfie, and I think just nip it in the bud. Excellent. Seb, am I late to know how Ipswich made six subs? Yeah, well, so like a, it was a, it was recap a concussion. It. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's recap it, because a few people have joined us halfway so because, through. Because Rathbone went into the advertising halls towards the end of the first half, Rotherham activated their concussion sub protocols, which therefore we get an extra sub. So we are also allowed to make an additional sub, which means we could make we were allowed to make six instead of five. Um, and the reason we were allowed more stoppages throughout the game is because half-time doesn't count as a substitute stoppage window. It's an extra kind of free hit. So that's why nothing malicious, nothing untoworn. There'll be no comeback. We won't get any point deductions. Nobody panic. We're all good in that respect. Don't imagine? worry. Don't worry. Come back to sneak that one four three, and then from an administrative error, the points are taken off us. Rich, there, there was a Leeds fan in the chat earlier asking about it. I bet. Yeah, there so. was. I yeah, bet. yeah. yeah. Very interesting. I'll tell you what, Leeds fans. I bet at, at ninety three minutes were bloody loving life, weren't they? And then look, <laughs> and then I've been saying this to Southampton, piss off Southampton. I imagine there's a few people going piss off Ipswich, but we are that team now, guys. I mean, again, I've been quite negative. Or not negative. I've maybe hopefully been balanced and expressing my emotions walking up Woodbridge Road, but we are still in there. And and you guys mentioned it. People have been excluding us from the conversation, and we are very much part of this race now. You, the league table, as you guys have looked at, you know, it's so tight there, and we are properly in there now and winning games like tonight these crappy grotty horrible games that you win these are the ones that count you know yep. we, we can smash teams three or four we've we saw that last season but it's so great to be back in the mix and actually be a serious contender now because i think all of us hoped all of us believed that that was possible but you look at leeds and southampton so relentless but look where southampton's 22 23 game winning runs got them look at where leeds eight match winning run has got them they are still there or thereabouts with us. And we've had a stutter over Christmas. Well, look at us now, eh? So it's get, bring it on. It's going to be an exciting couple of months. And they've got to play on the last day of the season, haven't they? I love that drama, Seb. I love yeah, that, that one. That, Hanging that over seems them. to be written somehow. On the last day of the season, they're going to draw. We're going to smash Huddersfield to pieces and take second place. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Put that on your podcast. Oh, David, what a legend. David Bergen, thank you very much. 20 euros. I'm guessing that was more from the excitement of the game rather than the, the podcast tonight, David. I know oh, you only, you only just joined us. Down, but, guys. I um, enjoyed walking up the road. I, I very much enjoyed you. 
could someone confirm have we got a confirmation on the penalty i'm the opposite end of it it looked like a penalty I, in real time i thought it was a penalty but the chat yeah, is and quite... i did as well but everyone's yeah, adding that it wasn't we, we seem to we be only the only got... three people that thought it was a penalty okay we only I'm, got I'm... one kind of half replay on town tv to me it looked like jackson kicked through and caught the man but apparently mckenna went over to stroud at full time was quite animated I apparently he's, he's not been i would imagine that's his... about the physicality though i'd imagine but there's a few players with knocks and bumps and bruises and you know leaf davis was feeling his collarbone you know, in that first half, and Wes Burns, he got properly decked as well by uh, Kioso, wasn't it? Um, I would imagine if McKenna's about is talking about that, but uh, Westlake Westlake said on the on the comments that he didn't think it was a penalty, but in okay. real time, for my one view, I saw, I, I thought it was. Um, Solly in the chat said Leeds mate said it was never a penalty, so there you go. I, fair uh, fair pl- uh, I mean, shout out for the night though, and I said this in the stand to my mate, um, Cafu has got bloody big brass balls to do that in the 93rd minute i mean fair play or, or, to the guy or he just or he just doesn't care or he doesn't give a shit yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> not sure i'd do that i'd probably no, sky uh, it Benjamin bloom, bloom says anyone see my get out of jail free card <laughs> definitely had it earlier tonight <laughs> blimey it's just nice it's nice to come out on the right side of these things now and again isn't it yeah, so the, this is three. what teams do in promotion seasons. It's scoring late, Mikey. Scoring. We used to bemoan Norwich doing it all the time under Lambert, yeah. didn't we? And mm. Farker. Now look at us doing it. And I tell you what, as well, that goal from Hutchinson. I know you guys have talked about it as well, but the, for the benefit of people joining late, um, and just for the benefit of of me, what a great finish! I mean, he's hit that really hard, right in the. I mean, near post, but you think he's going to curl it, don't you? You think he's going to curl it into the far post, but he kind of just drills it instead, doesn't he? Really it's like clever. West Brom, the West Brom goal, but but better, isn't it? And, yeah. and what a great moment! And that will be on the thumbnail for the video. I need to come up with like a pithy, like a few words for the thumbnail for the video. I've not like it. Just yeah, if anyone's got any suggestions? Three or four word phrase to describe that game. I will put that in the video thumbnail along with my image from the celebrations. But fair play to Murray Hutchinson. I mentioned it already, but yeah, he dragged us over the line. Brilliant. Um, as we conceded a few goals tonight, there's going to be a few questions about the goalkeeper. Um, one of them yeah. comes from Tom Bradford, Bomber Harris as well. Tonight, let's face it, it wasn't a good night for um, Vaslav Ladke. And he's had a few dodgy games over the course of the season, but it, he brings so much more to to our style of play doesn't it and i think it would be a really really difficult difficult one for for walton to step into that team and try and play in that same way we saw it in the the fa cup game that we try not to mention too much anymore walton did straight it although he didn't actually have much of the ball he did concede two goals out of two shots so there's that as well but it, it's going to be really difficult for walton to to be able to play in the exact same way that Ladke has, in a way that's got us up to joint second in the legal season, right? Yeah, I agree. I think at this stage of the season, it's too much. You, you're you don't, you're almost asking to completely change the playing style that served you so well and got you two point something oh five points per game for the last thirty three games. You know that goal, the second goal tonight, probably doesn't happen if Walton's on the pitch because I don't think he'd have had the the same rush of blood and come out for it. And Walton gives you the the extra kind of authority in the box in terms of claiming high crosses and claiming corners that you maybe don't get from Lagkey, but you simply lose straight away the ability to play out from the back with such composure. And yeah, Lagkey hasn't quite been on it recently. Um, important to remember he has still popped up with with big saves at times in recent weeks. 
but I, I don't think you can take him out because you know I, th- I think what he's done this season he was probably running for player of the year up until about what two or three weeks ago I would suggest and I think it's too much to fundamentally almost change everything with only 30 uh, with only 12 13 games left to go I I, I don't know I I think there's a question there um, and I say that as a very open and biased Walton advocate um, I think teams will have seen what Rotherham did to us tonight and I think we can expect a lot more you know we've already seen that high press from teams already that pressure and you know I don't know whether that might be playing in McKenna's mind you know we talked about Wolfen and situation there which isn't helpful as well I just wonder whether maybe taking a little bit of pressure off the players by relaxing a little bit of that playing out from the back might be sensible but the trouble is to Seb's point what do you do instead? And we went long tonight and it was a total waste of space, wasn't it? So mm. I, th- I think you're probably at this point, you're fully committed. You're, and unless you know that Walton can, you know, do 60, 70% of what Hladky does with his yeah. feet, I think probably you just have yeah, to accept I, I, it. I feel like if, if McKenna's really worried about the aerial bombardment, he'll start playing to and Zabie and Edmondson alongside Burgess more at centre-back. Maybe that's, so. That's how I, think I mean, that, that, Harry that's Clark's, the easier fix. Harry Clark's gone off with an injury tonight as well. You know, him and Wolfen, yeah. we talk about the convalent bonds, don't we? Um, trademark Harry from Bath. That might be a situation that needs managing because we don't know about Brandon Williams. In that world, you know, to and Zabie wasn't great tonight when he came in. I, I, he's kind of brought into, I think, out of necessity, but probably to bring that physicality as well and it didn't really work so I don't know it, whatever happens I think the midfield situation tonight that experiment didn't really work for us Travis and no. Morsey kind of cancelled each other out um, which wasn't great and even Longo came and didn't really change anything there so look long rambling answer to a to a question that Seb's already answered I think probably you, you, you the danger is reading too much in tonight and changing too much but there is a trend isn't there that's starting to form yeah, definitely. I think there's a few people in the chat backing up, um, keeping Ladke in the team yeah, um, as well. Sense. But yeah, th- just going back to that um, question I had up from Norman Greenwald, Seb, if Clark is not fit for Saturday's ball, potentially a bet, better, better right back to Zabi seemed way off it tonight. But it's really difficult coming on as a right yeah. back. And really, coming into really a game difficult. where the the entire performance is disjointed and kind of making silly errors. I think Twan Zabi is the established backup without Brandon Williams being in the building. Don Ball hasn't featured. He played against Maidstone, didn't he, I think, for... Well, there you go. There's my tick. Yeah, one of my, one of my bullet points. Um, yeah, the, the Don Ball played against Maidstone, um, but apart from that, has barely featured for the whole season. So I think coming out of the cold like that would be a would be a big ask. I think Twan Zabi is the logical understudy. You won't get the same that you get with Harry Clark, um, probably in terms of athleticism. You get you get a bit of pace and you get hopefully a bit of kind of height to repel aerial bombardments and and whatnot. Um, but I'd, I'd be amazed if Don Ball were to come in. We just need Brandon Williams. The, the, the Brandon Williams from September and October would be really, really helpful about now. Edmondson can play right back. Travis can play mm. right back as well. Uh, uh, but again, it's square though, pegs, round holes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think Twan Zabi is the least square peg, isn't he, going into that, that position? It's not Here his, comes not his... Den- Genoi Danassian walking like Vince McMahon <laughs> onto the pitch. <laughs> and to score the winning goal on the last seat on the last day of the season. As as Leeds and Southampton have drawn. Yeah, D- David Berger just said, what about Humphreys at right back? I'd say it's very That's unlikely. He's very, yeah, very no, one-sided. Left footed, yeah, yeah, and too, too slight for that role, I would suggest. Yeah. He can do it on the left, but not on the right. Yeah. Uh, Dorset Blue agrees with us. I expect they keep with Fladke and only see if Walton can come in if Fladke got injured. 
Um, Carnival Nation likes um, it was Sully's shout of Travis at, at right back. You're going to be able to discuss this more at length on Thursday night, I imagine, guys. Hopefully, Clark is fit, but yeah. you imagine that if it, if there's any sort of risk, he might might not play. Okay. Did you see what he went, Rich? What did he go off with? Was it just a? I thought so. I someone swiped a ball into the stand to clear it. I thought that was Burns, and then Clark's down the ground. He just I thought went someone, down, didn't he? Yeah. Someone pulled a hammy, hoofing it out of the ground. <laughs> That's what I thought, but I think it was maybe something else, okay. something off the ball there. Um, Mikey, there was a, a question higher up. Um, don't want to miss it um, about conceding early goals. Um, I guess it's yeah. T Tima, we're kind of talking about January. We know it's too late now, already, isn't it? And in terms of that respect, but should we talk about conceding early goals? Well, we discussed um, it yeah, briefly earlier. I said you, you can't legislate for tonight, can you? It is an issue clearly, but tonight's opening goal, you simply can't legislate. The mishap, can't wasn't it? For, Rather than the error. structural deficiency, it just felt like one of those weird mishap moments that seems to befall us quite a lot. But it does keep happening, doesn't it? I don't know what it is. And and again, you know, a, a team that just lumps it and sticks it in Rose Z, probably someone puts the through the ball through the foot through the ball and that moment doesn't happen. But that's not our style, is it? But yeah. Uh, I mean I I'm sure it's not part of McKenna's plan, but actually the goal for Rotherham may have been the you know best thing because then they then they sit back even more maybe and then we can pick them off as we did. But I was completely bamboozled by Rotherham's style of play tonight um fair play to him as i said but um yeah maybe we move on and write this game off because it is a freak like i said at the start of the show just look at the facts three points tonight for us Southampton have dropped three points happy days we've got a few uh ali al hamadi i hope i'm pronouncing that right now um fans in the chat he ali m underscore k wants to know why he's not getting more game time um he's suggesting he should leave ipswich for another football club um so Ali, he's made he he's now. made the step up. He's made the step up from from League Two to the Championship, which is a huge step up. And he won't even be expecting to to be playing any more than he is at the moment. But he's playing for a team that are challenging for promotion, and he's really looking the part every time he comes on the pitch. And he's being used as an impact sub at the moment. But the more good performances he puts in, the better chance he has of of getting a game from the start. And I imagine he's probably not too far away from getting one at some point. Keeper Moore took a knock tonight. There's a chance that if, if he's not 100% fit, Al Hamadi might come in on Saturday and that would be really popular amongst the Ipswich fans as well because, as I say, he's looked, he's looked really good and he's made an impact pretty much every time we've seen him so far, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and got stuck in tonight. There's a great moment where he kind of squares up to one of their players and clears the ball out for a throw-in after we've just taken the, the lead for the fourth, whatever it is, fourth time, you know, fourth goal. Um and he's involved, I think, in the in the winning goal as well. Um, I was surprised. I I thought he might have had a start actually tonight. I I think Kiefer Moore run his heart out, didn't he? Um, and I was expecting him to be withdrawn much earlier because of that knock that you mentioned, Mikey. Maybe that. Yeah, I think it was the defensive set pieces and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. The reason why Moore stayed on, and he wasn't really the same after that, was he? So I kind of thought that Al Hamadi might come in at that point, but no, I like him. Bit raw still, but. You know, once he gets the, the kind of figure out of of the level and the, the level of our training as well, then um, he, he'll be a big threat for us. This is a little bit hindsighty from Michael Warner, but that's fine. Yeah, I know. Do you think Harness would have been a better second half sub on reflection? 
I mean, almost certainly a bit more physicality and he'd have played a little bit. Well, it'd have caused the Rotherham players slightly more of an issue when they're in possession, wouldn't he? I think he'd be better defensively, wouldn't he? Sorry, the pressing and the energy that he brings you, we really could have done with. If he'd have been the halftime sub for Sarmiento, um, that that for me would have been the one to do. Absolutely. Um, Michael Warner says, we need Moore's height, defending corners and free kicks as well as an attack. Yeah, that is kind of the slight issue we have when these narrow games, you want you want to take him off, give him a bit of a rest and get Al Hamadi on, but it's difficult when he's heading every opposition corner and free kick away, isn't it? Um, Timmer says, thoughts go out to Tony Mowbray and his family. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of love for Tony Mowbray in the pre-match show on Thursday. Um Mike says, tough game. We won three points. So we go again on Saturday. That is the the attitude that we've got to take tonight, isn't it? We we exactly. kind of got away with one. The get out of jail free card, as Ben Bloom said said earlier. But yeah, we've got smiles on our faces, haven't we? We're, we? We've improved our position tonight, even though we've had a really stressful evening. I don't know if I'm going to watch that back. Do you know what I mean? I might watch... Mm. Hutchinson's you'll goal. You'll watch the moment, won't you? Yeah, Hutchinson's not, goal you'll watch, but not the not the rest uh, of it. There's definitely one to... Con- You're not yeah. looking forward to seeing the ENG angles of the Rotherham goals then, Rich? No, I'm not sure I want to watch Town in 5. I mean, it'll be Town in 15, won't it, tomorrow, given the extra time that we had. But yeah, not, not a classic, but it's the, it's the 4-3 that counts. It's the three points, as Seb said. Yeah, this is quite an interesting one. Just going back to the goalkeeper debate once again, Adam Wright says he thinks the penalty area has massively improved against last season with the new pitch. Not surprised Slavki has more confidence than Walton had last season. What what do you think? So is he maybe suggesting that Christian Walton on that pitch would be a slightly different goalkeeper to what he was before? But then we're not playing at Portman Road every week, are we? So. Yeah, and he has played a couple of cup games on that pitch and hasn't necessarily looked 100% comfortable passing out. It's just not, I don't think it's his game. You know, we sat here this time last year and and Clacky came in for those two Burnley FA Cup games and McKenna came out afterwards and said he is brilliant with the ball at his feet and and that's what we're now seeing this season and there's no there's no slight on Christian Walton if he's not as comfortable with the ball at his feet you know he's got other strength areas like claiming high crosses like you know being much more authoritative in the air in his own box they're just they're just different goalkeepers aren't they if you squidged them together and made one oh, yeah. whole goalkeeper out of them then he'd you'd be playing be... in the premier league that's true christian hladke no we need to merge the words together yeah. don't we Last class, well, walton. May... yeah maybe walton Walt can become Cleave. We can Walt do special Cleave. teams and we're whenever we're ahead in a game and there's an aerial bombardment, we bring Walton off the defense, bench to, defense, to claim, claim crosses. He'd have been, um, Walton would have been much, yeah, much better with that aerial bombardment tonight. Um, yeah. yeah. Norman Greenwell says, surely it'd be called five. Five rather than oh, five, Seb mentioned it walking up. He bloody couldn't wait to point for that penalty. He makes he, it all about him. Kind of, so, he squatted yeah. down as well a little bit and he also makes... He makes gestures just for the crowd as well. There was a bit where Leif Davis nearly scored from a corner in the first, in the second half. Do you remember that? And that was a really good take. I by the thought he was. I thought he was behind the line, but um, no one, none of the players are kind of appealing for it. And Stroud's kind of waiting, waiting for his watch. And then it's like no goal. It's like he he's did it for the. It's like a NFL referee. He bloody loves it. And fair play. I think he's about fifty, isn't he? So. Fair play to him, but yeah, not the referee for tonight's game. I think if we'd had an elite level referee, select group referee, we would have had more yellow cards and fouls tonight, I think, for the opposition, to be clear. So there we are. The heart rate's come down a little bit now. I hope for 
I didn't swear as much as I thought I was getting, Mikey. <laughs> you did well, Rich. You did well. Professionalism as is. You said, um, fantastic chatting to you both and just sort of having that debrief and just being able to... We'll leave this one in the past, won't we? And hopefully <laughs> we'll be able to to look, look back on this night almost with fondness about that time that we managed to throw a game away home to Rotherham and then we <laughs> nicked it at the end just and for Kafu fun. did a Penenka. Kafu did a Penenka. It was it. absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> um, Rich, as you were there, I'll let you have the final words. Um, uh, firstly, thank you to everyone for watching. Really great numbers. Um, so I'll, I'll drag this out as long as possible to give you some content. But yeah, um, I'll swear as well because I promised I'd swear. And um, this is a warning for anyone listening back with their kids. But yeah, we were shit tonight. Um, not our best, but best the best teams in this the in in any league win when they're crap and that's exactly what we've done at mari hutchinson big shout out to you a great goal dragged us over the line we we take our medicine we learn some lessons we maybe adapt a little bit we prepare for birmingham we'll be back for the pre-match show seven i thursday 8 p.m to talk about it then the and sunday 8 p.m for the flagship to talk about it after the fact um but yeah we are back. Look at the league table. If you're feeling any kind of mood that's a little bit negative and downbeat, you know, I, th- I think Nick Ames put it in the chat, in Telegram, Mikey. It would have been, it's better to win tonight 4-3 than I think if we scraped over the line with that 3-2. I think it would have felt like a bit of a damp squib. Yeah, we get a bit of momentum now, don't we, from that? I think that little bit of drama and coming from, you know, 3 all. I think, yeah, build on it, going to Birmingham, happy days. Um, and yeah, the season keeps on going. The season that keeps on giving keeps on going. And um, yeah, just look at the league table, folks. Look at the league table. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.